0: Um, So, family dynamics part three, and um, parenting. And uh, this morning, what we're going to do is I'm going to speak for hopefully about half an hour, and then um, we'll have a bit of a break. So remind me that there's a break, okay, so we can have a break, because last time there was no break, and everyone was sort of sitting there looking cross-eyed, and cross-legged. And then uh, we're going to, I'm going to interview Josh and and Jesse Byer. And ask them some questions around their view on parenting and, and, and what's in them and how they are doing it. Then another little break, then Vera, I'm going to interview Vera Anderson. She's going to share how she has raised um, her daughters up and, um, and what that has been like. And then we'll have a panel of just Q&A. So if you have questions as I'm even in, in speaking, write your questions down. Um, because questions are powerful. And uh, who knows, we all need wisdom when it comes to following him and trying to lead other people to follow him. And the Bible says, you ask for wisdom, I'll give you wisdom. So we're to ask. And so that's how the the morning will go. Um, The Bible says that children are a gift from God. Awesome, isn't it? They're a gift. Uh, How many realize the gift can be a challenge? (laughs) How many people realize, man, I didn't realize what I was getting myself into when I decided to be a parent? I thought it was going to be this, and all of a sudden it's a little bit different to what I thought it was going to be like. Here's the question how many of us want our children to be wholeheartedly abandoned and devoted for Him? So then the challenges are we. Because really, a child will be. We can, we can desire a child to be wholehearted, but the challenges are we because they're going to look at who we are and model who we are. You can say one thing and model something completely different. What's funny sometimes is parents have a greater desire for their child than they have for themselves. I hear that all the time. Oh, we're going to go to that community because that community has a great youth program. And? Why is the child leading the home? Why is the needs of the child leading the home? Why aren't the parents leading the home? Why aren't the parents determining what it's going to be like? Why is the child placed first? Because that's a challenge because maybe the child is first in the person's life rather than the Lord. And these are the challenges, and this is why we need wisdom. This is why we need insight. This is why we need sight within to know how we are to be ourselves with Him. Because I believe ultimately the greatest gift and the reason why God gives us the gift of a child is to show us what our relationship is like with the Father. He gives us little people to challenge us, to show us what we're like with Him. You know, we get frustrated with our little children at times, don't we? They demand stuff and they said this and I want this and I want this and I want. This. they look as these blood-sucking little people that demand your time and your energy and your focus, and you just can't get to your life. But I wonder how much of that with us and him. And I believe that's why the greatest gift he gives us, to show us and to teach us what we are like with him. Everything in the physical is there to show you and to teach you a spiritual reality with him. Everything. And so it's a challenge. It's a challenge to be wholeheartedly devoted to him, never mind trying to teach that to a child and to create a family that's wholeheartedly devoted to him. So where does it start? Well, it starts with him. And what we're going to look at today is going to challenge us. It's going to test us. It's going to put pressure on us to be and become and live out who He's truly calling us to be, as a family, as a whole. And more and more, the truth that brings a conviction will either propel you into Him or away from Him. Won't when Jesus walked, He said, "I haven't come here, guys, to bring peace. I've come to divide. I've come to create a life, a people. I'm looking for a people." That's funny. That's a cool picture on the wall. I've come to bring a people who look like me, live for my will. I'm looking for families that are becoming my family that are wholeheartedly devoted to me that live for my will. No longer living for your own dreams and desires, but allowing me to define all that. There's a challenge, isn't it? And every single one of us are challenged. It doesn't, doesn't matter whether you're married or not, doesn't matter whether you've got kids or not, because it's the same test. The same questions are constantly being asked of him to us. Jesus, as the son, as the child, only came to do the father's will. That's all he was concerned about. And he spoke a language from the eternal that challenged everybody that was living in the temple, didn't he? He spoke a language of faith that said, you're not my mother and you're not my brother. And how easy is it to get offended by that? It says his own household were offended by him. His whole household thought he was nuts because he spoke a language of heaven on earth. And then he lived it out. He didn't just speak it. He was the demonstration of heaven on the earth. That is the same invitation for you and I as an individual, as a married couple, as a married couple who have children. He's looking to raise the eternal family through the church. And then in the future, God, the Father, and the Son are going to raise the eternal family in the thousand years. See, it's all a picture. It's all a type. It's all a shadow of what's to come. And if we can't see this, then we're not going to live for it. That's why you have to see the unseen realm that's seen and bring it into the now. Otherwise, you will live the life according to what you see and what you think, and it will be a life short of what the life he had for you. In Him, Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Why do you worry about today? Stop working for food that perishes and work for living mana that comes from the eternal realm and then live and build and walk with me to see my spiritual family established on the earth. And it takes wholehearted devotion and an abandonment. So we all put up our hand and say, yes, we want our children to be full on. Well, are you a child that's full on? Because the environment that you're building in your own heart with him will be modelled in your physical environment. Are you creating a kingdom culture in your heart and in your mind and is that being expressed through into the physical realm? Am I modelling as a dad kingdom to my children and my wife? I'm teaching them always, aren't I? So what comes out of me, I'm teaching them the ways. The Bible says, teach my children my ways. So through my physical demonstration, I'm always teaching. And what I'm, what I'm physically demonstrating is my true state. You hear what I'm saying? So you can say one thing, but what you're living is what you're really saying. That's why he says, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is miles from me. You speak out of the heart, so your words and your heart, what you're living, aren't matching up. And that's what everybody's seeing. So your behavior is the true state of your heart. See, that brings a full conviction, doesn't it? In the light of truth, whoa. See, the word of God is to bring us to a place of reverence. It's to bring us, the word of God does all the work through my surrender. So as I hear the word and the magnificence and the multitude and the powerfulness of the word of God, and I'm captivated and in awe, like, and all of a sudden, my pride starts to shrink. And the humbleness starts to come upon me because the reverence I have for him is like, he says, that's good. What do you think fear God means? It means not to that I'm petrified. It means to stand to be in reverence and awe of the magnificence of who he is because everything he is is for me. And it's through that that I surrender and find this place of weakness and enter into the kingdom. And wholeheartedness is the key to everything. But we can't make ourselves wholehearted. But what we can do is surrender what's in our heart and allow him and ask him to come fill our heart so we become wholehearted. And that's my challenge, Danielle's challenge, our children's challenges, and your challenge. So Here's the cool thing, is that I cannot change anybody. Can you? So the goal is not to try and change anybody. The goal is to be committed to being changed. That frees me from my children, that frees me from my wife, and it frees me from you. See, I actually have to be free from everything and everybody to be wholehearted. It's so freeing to be free. (laughs) And this is what I want to look at. And the words God gave me today is that there is a fleshly umbilical cord that is attached from a parent to a child. And it's fleshly. And it needs to be cut. And it needs to be severed. then he needs to attach you back to your child. It's the Abraham-Isaac test that every person must go through. You must go through it for you to find ultimate freedom. Otherwise, what happens is codependent relationships get developed. And a child needs a parent, and a parent needs a child. And ultimately, hear what I'm saying? It's sick because one person or both people are in bondage. Because the child can never be what God intends because the parent's not free. And the parent needs the child so the parent can never leave, and the parent tries to define the child by their own life. And maybe the parent had this with their parent, and that's why they're modeling it because they don't know any different. Because the umbilical cord has gone through generation to generation to generation. And so the child that's trying to get free and to fulfill the father's purpose can't, or is struggling, or does. And now you have massive opposition and heartache and hurt in the family because one person wasn't free. But you can have two people being connected to one another in an unhealthy, soul tie way. And those are the words he gave me, an umbilical cord. You think about what an umbilical cord does while the baby's in the womb. It feeds the baby, but as soon as the baby comes out, it gets cut, and they're separated. It's all spiritual. It's all for us to show us that this very gift of God to us, that's his gift to us, can become an idol. Everything of God is good, yes? Everything from him is good. His gifts, marriage, children, love, money, it's all good, it's all from him, but but, it can become idolatry, all of it because it's not to finally give him back to him because you're still sitting on that place and we're not wholehearted. Why didn't the rich young ruler commit his whole life? It had nothing to do with money, everything to do with his heart, but it did have something to do with money. But actually it wasn't, it was his pride. He wasn't prepared to give God his all. God knew what his issue was and he called on, he called him on. He saw past the money. He says, it's your heart, your pride, of spirit. You're actually not wholehearted. You've done a good lad. You've done the on the appearance. You've done the this. You've done the that. But you've missed the entire point, son. And today is the day that freedom comes. I come to set you free of you. I actually come to set you free of your insecurity and your bondage and this lack and this lust. I come to set you free in your own heart. The man couldn't because of fear ultimately. You see, you and I have to be prepared. We have to be prepared to look at the areas of our lives if we want to be free. There's no way around this. Wholeheartedness. So if I want to be a dad that's modeling wholeheartedness and kingdom life, I have to be free. I have to come to the place where I'm allowing God into my heart to separate me if, in fact, that is an issue. And I think it's a massive issue for most people because it's so natural. It's so natural to love. I was looking at the Crips little child. They're gorgeous. It's come from us. You're looking at a person that you've produced. It's so natural, isn't it? the affection that you have, the devotion you have for this, it's natural and it's right. But there's a greater love than that. And that very thing can actually get you entangled with that little person that's come from you, that's from him, that's ultimately his gift. And so this beautiful gift is no longer now a gift because now it's entangled in my heart and I'm struggling to live for him when he said, love me with all your heart. Now this little person has made their way into my heart. And then I add another person and another person and another person and the very gift of God, which is beautiful, which was there to show me and lead me. It's a means. It's not an end towards something greater. I can't because my whole life is now being devoted to the person for the people and no longer him. You know, it's fully possible to have children, be married, to have a car, to have a house and live kingdomly. It's fully possible to have it all. It's never the things, it's the heart. And that is why it's a heart judgment. That's why it's about a conviction of a heart. That's why he says, guard your heart out of the wellspring of your heart. everything comes. And as the church, we're really good at plastering over the state of our heart. We've learned how to do it. We've even taught people how to do it. Everything's great. Just be really good. And everything is to be good. Because it's possible to be free, cool, isn't it? So there's about something to do with modeling the way. As a parent, we've got to model the way. You've got to teach the way. And then you've got to pray the way. Model it, teach it pray it. Model it, teach it, pray it. It's not a one-off, it's a lifestyle. And that is a massive challenge for us. It doesn't just happen. We'd like to think it does, but it doesn't just happen. Nothing just happens. So you've got to be able to see it, to live for it. You've got to have it as a Do you want to be wholehearted if you're not? You've got to go yes or no. Then if I'm married, do I want my wife if she's not? Or the other way around, maybe as a wife you're wholehearted, your husband's not? What are you going to do about that? What can you do about that? You know you can't change your spouse, but you can pray for your spouse. You can pray the conviction of the Holy Spirit will come upon them so much that they'll radically shift. And then what about your children, knowing you can't change your children either? This is my frustration and the beautifulness of the challenge of it all. It's like, I so want you to be in this life, but I can't do it. You feel that? I feel it for you guys. So like if I only had the pill, give them the pill. Drink the water. This'll change it all. And you get disappointed because you see people making these choices that are going to hurt them, and they move away, and you go, you can't do anything about it. But you can. You can pray. And you can model. And you can invite people to walk with you. And you can ask the questions, and you can challenge the process. You can be it. Because that's ultimately the only thing and only person you're ultimately responsible for is yourself. And that is freedom. It's so free to know at the end of the day I cannot change my wife. That brings me freedom. It's not my role to change my wife. It's not my role to change my children. It's his. So what's my role? My role is to model it. My role is to invite my children to walk with me. My role is to create a culture in my home that's conducive to change. My role is to hold my children to an account. My role is to set a standard. It's to create a Torah in my house, a standard, a law. Hear what I'm saying? A guideline, a kingdom guideline. That's my role as a father and as a husband, to set the standard and to believe that we're all going to lift to the standard and then hold people to the best I can to an account to the standard and pray like mad that God's going to change hearts. See, I'm free of my kids because I'm wholeheartedly his. And yet I'm greater attached to them like ever before. It's completely different now. It's rewired. The umbilical cord is cut, which brings freedom. He reattaches you, and it's ultimately the greatest freedom. You're now free to love, not determined by behavior, but because of love. Behavior doesn't determine love. Love determines love, if you know love. (laughs) It's incredible. Yet so many people walk away, shy away when the pressure test comes on to do the work because it's too much, because I don't know what that's going to be like on the other side of that. And God's going fall into it, it's wholeheartedness. It's wholehearted devotion, it's love, but there's got to be a wrenching, there's got to be a cutting There's got to be a work done in our hearts to free us from everything and everybody. That's why the commandment is the commandment. This is how you become wholehearted is that you walk through the Abraham test. You walk through it. You don't walk around it. We're great at that. Let's walk around door and see if we can get into the pen the other way. Let's create our own version of some teaching in his name so we come around it, so we don't have to walk through his process. See, you can't have the promise unless you're prepared to walk through his process, and that's where the problem is. I told you it was going to be tough. God wants you free of your kids. He wants to reattach us so we're able to love Him with all. But if we can't recognize, and if we won't acknowledge, and we won't turn and repent, we'll never receive a life that's free. I've got to be free to be able to live for Him. And then I'm free to model what it looks like. Because it's a radical life, isn't it? What does the Bible say? Seek. First, the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Where is the kingdom? So he's saying, Seek first the formation of my design in your heart and your mind. Can you hear that? So, how's that going to happen? Knowing that you can't change you or build the kingdom in you, you have to position yourself to be built through the eating of himself. If you have his kingdom formed and established more and more in you, do you think you're going to be wholehearted? Do you think you're now going to handle your children and your wife and money? And it? I'm talking, it's not just it's, We're talking about children today, parenting, but it's everything. You're going to handle everything like that, aren't you? You're going to become like Paul that says, I've learned to live with much and I've learned to live with nothing. It's not the point. So whether I have a Mercedes in the driveway, Rodney, it doesn't matter because the Mercedes doesn't define me. What a blessing. What a boss. Uh, anyone here got a work car, got a Mercedes for a work car? That's right. And I'm his mate. I've become more of his mate since then. He gave me a ride in it too. Got a lift in it, there, eh? Beautiful. Nothing wrong with having a Mercedes, but does it define you, Rodney? No. <laughs> you don't know what he's gone through. That's right. But see, seek first my domain, my ways, my laws, my truth. So then, why seek first my kingdom and my righteousness? Righteousness means right standing. So now, if I'm seeking first his kingdom and the kingdom's being birthed to me, I'm going to live right. I'm going to live righteously, meaning right way. I'm going to be doing it his way. I'm going to be focused on his truth. I'm going to know his will, and I'm going to be proving it. Why? Because the kingdom, his ways, are being built into me. I now have his understanding, so I can see. I know how I'm to act as a husband, as a parent. I don't get entangled in the things that other people are entangled in. Why? Because I'm seeking first his kingdom before I add a wife, before I add children before I add a home, before I add, 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 I have sought for first him. But how many of us start that like that way? Put your hand up if you started like that. No, we all start seeking first our empires. Don't you? Because you're born an empire builder, not a kingdom person. And so then you whack, what was that? That was Jesus at the age of 29. Boom. Oh. And Jesus has a whole different DNA and plan set and way. He says, son, do you want my way or your way? So don't add, don't start now. Seek first, first. No, I want to get married because I need that hole filled. I want to have children because I need that hole filled. I need money because I want that hole filled. Yes, fill it with me. No. Yes, no. Yes, no. Yes, no. (laughs) Rich young ruler, fill it with me. No. Can you see? None of us start seeking first the kingdom. We all start seeking us. And so now what happens is you've built your domain, you've built your empire, and you meet Jesus, and he says, that's got to come down. You want to be wholehearted? That's got to come down. But my identity's in that. My purpose is in that. My purpose is in my kids. My identity's in my kids. If you take my kids, what have I got? Me. Meaning you. Him. You see our challenge. You can be a follower of Jesus. You could have signed up 20 years ago and still be an empire builder. And that's what's happening here. God is saying empires must come down. Empires can be children in your heart. Idols. You will not enter the kingdom of heaven if you are an idolater. No, no, those are those wooden things that people worship. Buddha and all those. No. Anything that's above God is an idol. Now there is grace covering that. And we think it's normal. It's not. You've been taught it's normal to love your child with this undevoted love. No, it's him. It's him. He's that one. He has to have that spot. So then you can love the child as he loves you. That's not freedom love. That's conditional love, guys. Because when their behavior doesn't align, your behavior comes out, doesn't it? And not Jesus. I'm going to smash you. I'm going to And he's going, look at that between you and me. Can you see the connection? We've got to be set free from these little gorgeous people. And it works. It's all the change. I've shared this story, I think, when I had to make a call above my dad's will. He lost the plot. Bless him, he's with the Lord today, but he lost the plot. And he hung up and he yelled and he hung up. Because I wasn't going home for Christmas. Why? Because his other son wasn't coming home for Christmas. And because he was so looking forward to his boys being with him at christmas but this son had to be here and this son was putting the lord above and other people above his own father and his own father didn't like it and we had to make that up and i had to ring him to put it right and i'm trying to honor the father and you guys and my own father is spewing at me why because i love him more than i love my father because it's about my father's will not my father's will Didn't Jesus, was he not confronted with the same thing? I need to be in my father's house because I'm free from you guys. I will honor you and fulfill the law, but I'm still free. That's a real tension to walk out, and you can only do it if you are free. See, if I'm not free, I won't speak the truth. If you're not free as a parent, you won't speak the truth to your child because you'd be so afraid the child will walk away from you, and you need the child. You won't be able to be who your child needs you to be because they're so attached in your heart that if you actually hurt them, they're going to leave you. This is how we parent. Oh, little Johnny, what do you want? Oh, I want ice cream. Okay, have ice cream for breakfast, dinner and lunch and go to bed at 11 o'clock at night. Why? Because I'm so afraid to hurt little Johnny. Johnny's only one and a half. Who's parenting who? You're parenting your child away, and that's why we want to open up the practical element. But it all starts here. It all starts in the spirit because we're not whole. We're not complete. And because we're not, we're like bound up. So now we can't be who we need to be. We can't be the parent. The child becomes the parent. We become the child. And that's ugly when that child's now 18. So we've got to learn. We really need to learn his ways. Come to me and learn. Because once again, my challenge is I cannot change my kids. All I've got is hope. Really. You see, the success isn't whether my children turn up to services. My success isn't whether they pray their prayers at night and we're a good moral Christian family. My success is if my child is wholeheartedly devoted to Jesus Christ. That's the standard I'm looking to. Not that as a nice little family, as four, we toddle along and you guys, oh, look at them. They're so nice that kids are in the house and they play in the music team and, and they do all these nice things and they're found praying and they do. That's good. That's not the standard. The standard is wholehearted, radical devotion to Jesus Christ. That's when. I'm believing and hoping for, for my children, you, my wife, because love's not defined by relationship. Love is not defined by physical relationship. I love you like I love them because it's the love of the Father. See, there's a kingdom standard again, isn't it? The kingdom. is not defined whether I'm bloodline or not, it's Him. Let's just go to Deuteronomy. I'm just going to read this and then we're going to ask. We're going to have a break. I think you need a break. It feels like they've been in a punching fight with Mike Tyson. How many of you are going to hear the truth, though? See, the truth will set you free, but the truth will repel you. Do not be condemned, be convicted. What was what, sorry? Deuteronomy six, one to twelve. Says, Obey God and prosper. Are we all there? Have you there? Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgment which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Man, there's promises, there's commandments, there's direction, there's teaching all in those first two verses. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. See, God promised the Israelites this extreme blessing, a family of abundance. And it's the same blessing for you and I. For the promised land is the new life. The indestructible life. Because God's not asking us to go take capital. They were going into the new land. The new land is here. God wants to fill your land with blessing of abundance of Himself. Kingdom. Hear, O Israel. Do you know listening's not hearing? Did you know hearing's not even hearing? It's hearing from the eternal. You need to hear the eternal frequency right now. Because if you're not hearing the eternal, you're hearing the temporal, and you're hearing the wrong thing. So you've got to be able to hear, which is spiritual ears on. And he has given us his spirit to be able to hear his word. Because if you're not hearing his word, you're hearing something else. And that's what you're basing decisions on. That's really serious. Really, 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 really serious. Do you get how really serious that is? Because many, many, many people walked away because they thought he said, eat his flesh and drink his blood, meaning drink blood. And so they went, see ya. See, what they heard, they didn't hear the word, they just heard words and had their interpretation of the words. See, if you don't know the word, you won't know the words. To understand the words, you need to know the word. Otherwise, you create your version of the words and you walk away. And what you have to be able to do is stand there as the word comes upon you with all its power and all its life and stand there in the presence of the word without fear. Why? Because you know the Father loves you. And the word that's coming that's powerful, which could be propelling other people, is going to set you free. And you can stand there in absolute rest and go, fill me. Because you've become boldly into a stream because you know. him. See, the word of God created creation. So if the word of God created creation, it creates life. That's why you need to hear, oh, people of God, my word. Yeah? So this is what he's saying. Because they're about to make decisions. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Here we go. You, say you, not the person beside you, you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. You. How many people want their kids to be wholehearted? Yes, I do. Do I want to be wholehearted? Yes, I do. Amen. These words which I am commanding you today shall be where? On your heart. You shall teach them. Who? You shall teach them diligently to your sons. What word? To love the Lord, that God is one, and to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might. These words, teach them, model them, diligently, to your children sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house what does dialogue look like in your family with children what does it look like without children if you're just married if you're single you're living to, if you're living together if you're living in a home with other believers what does the talk look like what does it sound like has he mentioned Or is it all about us and our lives and all this and that and our worries and this? What is the dialogue? What type of culture is created in your home? What atmosphere is created? Is it one of thanksgiving? Is it one of appreciation? Is it one of promise and praise? Because all those things lift, don't they? If I am appreciative of my wife, appreciative, if I praise my children, they lift. And these words of life, the word lift, but out of the tongue comes death or life. And God's telling his people, his people here to model the way and to teach the way and to speak. He's going to say, write it down. Talk of them when you sit in your house and walk. Sorry, and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up 24-7, isn't it? Not on a Sunday. Not on a Wednesday at a discipleship group. I'm doing well. No, no. Every minute of the day that you have air that you breathe, be consumed in the Word and still be married, have fun, go on holiday, play golf, watch football. Not rugby. That's a sin. so unfair. There's only one good team in the world. They're going to win every game. And that's England. <laughs> <laughs> you shall, look at this, bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. If you want vision, that's it. If you want to know what you're living for, that's it. What? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, every part of your being be consumed with the Lord. He will fill every part of every brokenness, every hole, so you can live wholehearted and model wholehearted and then speak life into other people in your life. What a privilege to be invited into that, to be that type of follower and that parent, that husband, that wife. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build. Now once again, what I'm about to read is physical, but there's a spiritual element to this. I write about this in the book. And houses full of good things which you did not fill, and home systems which you did not do, vineyards, olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied. Listen to verse 12. Then watch yourself. You do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of slavery. You see, when life gets good, we forget and leave behind, don't we? See, he's promising you a promise. If you love me with all your heart, people of Israel, you're going to go into a land and you're going to find things that you didn't do. You're going to find cities. You never built them. Cisterns, you never dug them wine presses it's a blessing of the lord when you love me the blessings are abundant you'll have a joy in your heart that you never knew was possible you'll have a peace in your heart that you never knew existed you'll have a love in your heart that you thought was actually for someone else that you couldn't even contemplate you'll have a rest and you'll live from rest you'll have the kingdom of god in you being built cities that you've never built systems you've never did why because i surrendered I did it his way, I modelled it, I taught it, I believed for it, and together the Holy Spirit saw our hearts and filled us. And by the way, don't forget me, because when it gets all good, you think, you got it all together, and you go back to that person that was broken and messed up. How wicked are we? And how amazing is he? It's a continuous journey. So I hope that encourages you. This is the journey that I'm on. We're on. Um, what I've done, if this can help you as a parent, I've created, I'm creating this manual called Who is God? And it's at the moment I'm taking Madeline through. And so <clears throat> what it is is just like a, a little sort of, Q&A, where you fill in some blanks, but together you dialogue. And so who is God? The letters below represent the first letter of a word that describes who God is. How many of these words do you know? I'll test you. F. Right. Describing who God is. Father. L. I heard love and good. I didn't think of the love one. Even though he has looked. C. Creator. A. No, she hasn't seen it. Author. And K. King. Okay, so the scriptures for everyone where she has to go and we go together. And she looks, we read the word together. Then I ask questions. It's not just fill in the blank, move along. What does it mean, uh, Maddie, for him to be your father? Second question, when you think of each of the names that reflect God, what other words come to mind? Write your answers above each word. So together, we're walking this through and learning. I've seen the Holy Spirit come on her. It was incredible one day where the lights all went on. We were talking about heaven and hell. We were talking about the judgment seat. It was deep stuff. It was before this. Man, it was incredible. What an opportunity I get to disciple people, but these little people that have come out of Danny and I. So, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm building this over time. So, if you like this for your children, we've got 20 copies up there which you can take away. And then just let me know. I'm working through it and it's, I'm sort of, it's a work in progress. So, it's just the start. So, what we're looking at at the start is who is God and who are we in God? Those are the two most important elements we can know and then we enter into life so let's have a break